Good morning and welcome to Christ Central. My name is Owen. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. Uh, whether you're joining us in person or online, thank you for spending the Sunday morning with us. Well, if you're part of the church um, family, then you've heard the sad news that our dear sister Sarah Yoon has gone home to be with the Lord this past Tuesday morning on March 2nd. As a church family, we prayed and we hoped that God would heal Sarah and extend her life in this world. But God, in his wisdom and love, has decided to answer our prayers by calling Sarah home. That's not what we wanted, and it breaks our hearts. And it's okay to confess that. But we can comfort ourselves in knowing that Sarah is no longer suffering in pain and that she is no longer struggling to breathe. Um, Sam, her husband, texted me the other day and said, I hope Sarah is in heaven taking deep breaths and running around rejoicing. Bro, she is. Sarah is finally able to take deep, long breaths, as many as she wants. And she is rejoicing in the presence of our Savior, the one who loved her and gave his life for her. Sarah is finally home, and she is happy beyond description. And one day, we will see her again when we are all reunited in glory. The funeral service for Sarah will be held this Friday on March 12th at 7 p.m. Uh, because of the capacity limitations due to COVID restrictions, the in-person service will be by invitation only. But the service will be live streamed on all of our church platforms, on our church website, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel, just like our Sunday services. And I invite everyone to join the services virtually as we celebrate the beautiful life of our sister, Sarah Yoon. The burial service will be on the next day, Saturday, March 13, at Fairfax Memorial. Uh, that will be open to everyone, and there will be no restrictions in terms of who can attend as it will be outdoors. Uh, that burial service will begin at 2 p.m. Please arrive by 1.50 p.m. Uh, through the main entrance so that your car can be a part of the procession. And I hope to see many of you there at the burial service in person. Well, because February was our missions month, uh, we took a break from our sermon series. And today we return to our study through the Gospel of Luke. This series which we're calling Following Jesus Through the Book of Luke. And that's because our goal has been to follow Jesus around as he moves through the book of Luke. And we've been paying attention to, to what he did and to what he said. And as we pay attention to Jesus' actions and as we listen to his words, it is my hope and my prayer that we would find Jesus captivating and compelling. And that we would be more certain of the things that we believe that Jesus really is the Son of God, that Jesus really is the promised Messiah, and that Jesus really is the Savior and the hope of the world, and that Jesus really is worth following, no matter how hard that can be at times. To the title for today's sermon is this, Do Not Worry About Your Life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, to chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse 22 to 34. So today, we're going to get to listen to Jesus again. And Jesus will tell us not to worry about our lives. Now, this is a timely and a much-needed word because right now, all of us are struggling with worry as we go through this global pandemic together. So people of God, this is 
the word of our God, would you please give it your careful attention? And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have uh, neither storehouses nor barn. And yet, God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? If then you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So let me ask you, do you worry? Do you struggle with worry and anxiety? Now, if we're honest, most of us, probably all of us, would admit that we worry. So what are the things that you worry about? Let me share with you some of the things that I worry about. Let me be honest, transparent, and vulnerable with you for a moment. I worry about finances. I worry about being able to provide for my family and, and, and being able to handle unexpected medical emergencies. I worry about my kids. I worry about how they will turn out academically, socially, physically, and most of all, spiritually. I worry about my kids never seeing the beauty of Jesus and never wanting to follow him on their own. I worry about that a lot. I worry about my wife's physical health. I worry about her getting sick. I worry about our church. I worry what our church is going to look like once this pandemic is over. I worry that people may not even come back to church after this pandemic is over. And of course, like everyone else, I worry about COVID. I worry about getting COVID. I worry about my parents getting COVID because they're older and have a lot of health issues. I worry about people at our church getting COVID, especially on our staff. And I worry uh, that we will still have to socially distance even after everyone gets vaccinated. Those are some of the things that I worry about pretty regularly. Do you worry about things too? I'm sure you do. And today, Jesus has something to say about our worry. So let's listen to Jesus 
and what he has to say to us today. Here's the outline for today's sermon. First, the sinfulness of worry. Second, the reasons not to worry. And third, the cure for worry. Okay, so let's begin with the sinfulness of worry. Now, the first thing that we need to do, that we need to notice is found in verse 22. And Jesus said to his disciples. Now, at this point, Jesus is not speaking to everyone. He is not speaking to the masses. He is speaking to his disciples, to those who believe that he is the Messiah, and to those who follow him as their Lord. Jesus is speaking to those who have entered into the kingdom and the family of God through faith in Jesus as the promised Messiah of God. So these words that we're about to listen to are not for everyone. They're only for his disciples, only for those who call Jesus Lord. And so the Lord Jesus tells us, his disciples, to not be anxious in verse 22, to not worry in verse 29, and then to not fear in verse 33. Now, Jesus is here not speaking as a helpful teacher, offering helpful advice or suggestions that we can choose to either take or leave. Jesus is speaking as the sovereign Lord of the covenant community, and these are commands that the members of his covenant community must obey because they are under his lordship. So if you're a Christian, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are a member of Jesus' covenant community, which is the church, then for you to worry, and for me to worry, is to disobey a clear and direct command of our Lord Jesus. And it is sinful to disobey the Lord Jesus. And that means it is sinful to worry. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, now, come on, Pastor Owen. Are you really going to stand there and tell us that worrying is sinful? Aren't there more serious sins that you should be preaching against, like committing adultery or abusing power for personal and selfish gain or, or stealing or lying or cheating? I mean, even if worrying was a sin, isn't it relatively a small and harmless sin? Like you said, everyone worries. What's the big deal about being worried? Come on now. Honestly, I think we're all tempted to dismiss the sin of worrying because it does seem small and harmless. Because everyone does worry and because worrying doesn't seem to hurt or harm anyone. We think that the sin of worrying uh, is pretty low, right, on the list of sins that we should be worried about. But Jesus thinks that worrying is a big deal. He thinks that worrying is very sinful. But why? Why is worrying so sinful? In verse 28, Jesus calls people who worry, he says this, O you of little faith. According to Jesus, our worrying reveals our lack of faith. Our worrying reveals what we really think and believe about God. Now, we may say that God is trustworthy, but when we worry, we're actually showing that we don't really think that God is trustworthy at all. And we're demonstrating that we ourselves aren't trusting God. 
You see, no matter what we say, no matter how pious or how faithful we may sound when we talk about God, but when we worry about our lives, this is what we are actually saying. God, I don't trust you with my life. Dr. Tim Keller said this about worry. But do you know where constant worry comes from? It's rooted in arrogance that assumes, I know the way my life has to go. And God is not getting it right. Listen to this uh, other quote on worry. Worry is sin because it denies the wisdom of God. It says that he doesn't know what he's doing. It denies the love of God. It says that he does not care. And it denies the power of God. It says that he isn't able to deliver me from whatever is causing me to worry. You see, friends, worrying is sinful because it dishonors and insults the character and the trustworthiness of our God. When we worry, we reveal what we functionally believe about God, that we think that God is not loving enough, that God is not wise enough, that God is not powerful enough for me to trust with my life. We think that our worrying doesn't harm anyone, but it does. It harms the reputation and the honor of our God. And when our non-Christian friends see us worry, they have every right to say of us. So I guess you don't really trust God to take care of you like you say you do. I guess you don't really think that your God is as loving and as wise and as powerful as you say he is. So why should I trust your God when you don't seem to trust your God very much yourself? Just saying. So first, worrying is sinful, not only because the Lord Jesus forbids it, but also because it dishonors and insults our God. Our worrying says that we don't really believe God to be trustworthy. Second, let's consider the reasons why we ought not to worry. And in our text, Jesus gives us three reasons why we as his disciples should not worry. Here's the first. We should not worry in light of human experience. In verse 25, Jesus asks if anyone has ever even added one single hour to the length of his life or her life by worrying. It's a rhetorical question, and the answer is an obvious no. It's useless. It's futile to worry. There is no benefit to be gained by worrying. Worrying accomplishes nothing whatsoever. Worrying won't help you get better grades. Worrying won't help you make more money. And worrying won't help prevent you from getting COVID. Worrying cannot help you. In fact, it can only harm you. Worrying can rob you of sleep and rest. Worrying can give you stress and tension. Worrying can even give you headaches and ulcers. Now listen, friends. If worrying could do any good whatsoever, then I would encourage you to go into your worry closet and spend a lot of time worrying. Worry long. Worry hard. Worry fervently. If worrying would actually accomplish something good. But we know from human experience that no good whatsoever comes from worrying. You see, worrying cannot add one hour to your life and it cannot add one dollar to your bank account. So why worry? 
human experience shows us that worrying is useless and futile and does nothing good. Here's the second reason. We should not worry in light of God's care for his creation. Now, Jesus turns our attention to how, to how our Heavenly Father cares for his creation, and he wants us to learn a valuable lesson from that. Jesus says, listen, if God, your Heavenly Father, cares for his pets and his plants, if your Heavenly Father feeds his birds and waters his flowers, then how much more will your Heavenly Father care for you? How much more will your Father in Heaven feed you and clothe you? Don't you realize that you are infinitely more valuable, infinitely more precious, infinitely more important to him than his pets and his plants? Do you really think that your Father in heaven will take such good care of his birds and his flowers and then turn around to only neglect you? Of course not. You are created in the image of God. You are an image bearer of God. And that makes you infinitely more valuable, more precious, and more glorious than birds and flowers. And if God will take care of his lesser creation like that, then how much more will he take care of you, his greatest creation? You see, human beings are the crown glory of creation because we are created in the image of God. One human being is more valuable than all the animals on the planet put together. Let me put it this way. As precious as puppies are, one human life is more precious than a million puppies. As glorious and as majestic as lions are, one human being is more majestic and more glorious than a million lions put together. And so if God will care for his lesser creation, Jesus says, then certainly he will care for you, his greatest creation. So don't worry. Here's the third and the most important reason why we ought not to worry. We should not worry in light of our sonship. In verses 30 and 32, Jesus says that God is our father. You see, as disciples of Jesus, we are not only image bearers of God, but we are also children of God. God is our good father, and we are his sons and his daughters. Now, if you're a parent, I know this about you. There is literally nothing more important to you than your children. Your children are more precious to you than everything you own combined. There is not a parent in this room or a parent who's watching this sermon right now who wouldn't give every material possession that they own, every dollar that they own, in order to save the life of their child. Parents will even give their own lives for their children. Now, before I became a dad or a daddy, I never thought that I could love other human beings the way I love my kids. I grew up very selfish and self-centered, right, like most of us. But when I became a dad, God put this crazy love in my heart for my kids, a love that is more unconditional and more excessive than a love I've ever experienced for any other human being in my life. You see, as parents, the welfare of our children actually becomes more important to us in our own welfare. 
As parents, we love our children with our whole hearts, and we will do anything and everything in our power to provide for our children, to protect our children, and, and no matter what it costs us. God is our daddy. And we are his little boys and little girls, his sons and his daughters. And our extreme and excessive love for our kids is just a glimpse of the kind of love that the Father has for us. You see, as excessive and as, and, and as, and, and as extreme and as extravagant as your love for your kids may be, do you realize that God the Father's love for you is even more excessive, even more extravagant, even more extreme? And just as there is nothing we wouldn't do for our kids, so there is nothing that God our Father wouldn't do for us. But unlike us, our Father in heaven is perfectly wise and perfectly loving, and he has only done and will only do what is truly best for us. Sometimes we as foolish parents do things for our kids because we love them, but it's not really the best for them, isn't it? But God is wise. And he loves us perfectly. And everything that he does for us and everything that he refrains from giving to us is because that's what's truly best for us. Church, today we need to remember what God our Father did for us in order to make us his children. We need to remember how excessive, how extreme, and how extravagant the Father's love for us is. You see, we were at one time separated from God. We were without God and without hope in this world. We were once enemies of God who deserved his rejection and his wrath for our sins. But God our Father loved us. And he wanted to make us his children. So he went to extreme and excessive means to make that happen. Do you remember what he did? God our Father sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we might not only be forgiven of our sins, but more importantly, that we might be adopted as his sons and daughters, so that we might be adopted into his family, so that he might become our father and we might become his children. God the Father was willing to sacrifice his one and only son, Jesus, in order to make us his sons and his daughters. And now, because we've become the sons and daughters of God through the redemptive work of Jesus, we do not have to worry about the one thing that we should have been truly worried about, which is eternal death for our sins. Because Jesus was forsaken on the cross for us, we never have to worry about being forsaken by God, no matter how badly we mess up. And because Jesus lost his life on the cross for us, we never have to worry about losing the Father's love for us, no matter how often we fail. Church, let us remember how valuable and how precious and how beloved we are to our Father in heaven. He loves us so much that he was, he was willing to redeem us at the highest cost, even at the cost of the life of his son Jesus. And God the Father thought that we were worth it. And he still thinks that we are worth it. You see, with God, there is no buyer's remorse. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him 
graciously give us all things. Now, if that's true, and it is, then we really have no reason to worry. So here are the reasons not to worry. Let me briefly recap. First, because worrying is useless and futile. Second, because if God uh, cares for his lesser creation, then he will certainly care for us, his greatest creation. And third and lastly, we don't have to worry because God is our father and we are his children. He is a good father and he will take care of us. Finally, let's talk about the cure for worry. According to Jesus in verse 31, verse 31, the cure to worry is this. Seek God's kingdom and everything you need will be given to you. Now, to seek God's kingdom means to trust God and to obey God. It means to live under the kingly rule of God and to live a life that honors and pleases God. And then as you seek first his kingdom, as you live for his kingdom, you trust that everything that you need for life and ministry, God will give to you graciously. But the only way that you will trust God daily as you seek first his kingdom is if you believe the gospel deeply. You see, if you believe with all of your heart, that God really is your Father who loves you and he is absolutely committed to your good, then and only then will you be able to truly trust him and seek his kingdom. You see, if you don't believe that, if you don't think that God's going to provide for you, here's what you're going to do. You're not going to seek his kingdom. You're going to seek all the things that you think you need to be happy. That's what you're going to be seeking because you, you're going to feel like it's up to you to make your life work. See, if you don't trust God to provide for you, then you will naturally worry about providing for yourself. Now, if you're a Christian, you know, I know that you know in your head that God is your father. You know that because the Bible teaches that clearly and plainly. I know you know that, but I want to ask you today. Do you believe what you know? It's one thing to know it intellectually. It's another thing to believe it with all of your heart. Do you really believe with all of your heart that God is your Father in heaven who loves you? Do you really believe it to the point that you can actually trust your Father in heaven with the things that cause you to worry? Friends, the only way that you're going to stop worrying about your life is by placing your life into God's hands. And the only way that you're going to do that is if you truly believe that your life is better and safer in his hands than it is in your hands. Because you truly believe that God knows what you need better than you do. Because you truly believe that God is loving, wise, and powerful. And that he will provide everything that you need. Now listen, friends. God has not promised to give us everything that we want. But God has promised to give us everything that we need. And in his grace, God gives us a lot of the stuff that we want to, doesn't he? Our Father in heaven never promised that our life would be easy and comfortable in this world. God never promised that we would not suffer. He never promised that we wouldn't experience heartbreak and loss. He never promised that we would not struggle. He never promised that our kids would not struggle. He never promised that we wouldn't get sick. But God did promise that everything in our lives will work together for our ultimate good. And he did promise us, 
eternal life with him in the new heavens and the new earth. God has promised to be with us no matter what we're going through, no matter what valley we're going through, no matter what mountaintop we're at. He has promised to be with us every step of the way until he finally brings us safely home to his heavenly kingdom. Friends, everything in your life, every circumstance, every detail of your life is under the sovereign control of your heavenly Father who loves you. So don't worry. Don't worry about your finances because God will provide for you. God may not give you everything you want, but he will give you everything you need. And don't worry about your kids or your parents because they belong to God. God is wise, good, and loving, and his will will be done in their lives. And parents, for those of you who are tempted to worry about your kids like I am, to you I want to say this. Remember, God is writing a story in the lives of your kids according to his will, not your will. And that's a good thing. And no matter what your kids may be going through, and some of you have kids who are struggling right now, know this, their story is not done being written. God is still writing his story in the lives of your kids. And don't worry about your reputation or what other people think of you because God loves you and God approves of you in Christ. Who thinks what people think about you when God thinks the world about you? God's opinion of you is what truly matters at the end of the day. And don't worry whether you get COVID or not. God has already numbered the days of your life. And do you know what that means? You will not live one more day than you're supposed to. And you will not live one less day than you're supposed to. You will live exactly the number of days that God has appointed for you. Now, please be safe. Please take every precaution out of love for your neighbor, but not out of fear of death. Don't worry about getting sick. Don't worry about dying, because when you die which is the worst thing that could ever ever happen to you. When you die, do you know what happens to you? You get ushered into the presence of Jesus. You get to be with Christ in heaven. That's the worst thing that could ever happen to you as a believer in Christ. So don't worry about getting sick or even dying. And for me, as the pastor of this church, I need to remind myself of this. Owen, don't worry about Christ Central. This church belongs to Jesus. Jesus is the head, the foundation, and the builder of this church, not you. Jesus died for this church. He loves this church way more than you could ever love this church. This church is in Jesus' hands. This church will be fine. So don't worry about this church. Just love and serve this church, but don't worry about it. I need to remind myself of that over and over again. Consider these words from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Friends, that's the cure for worry. It's believing the gospel 
and living as if the gospel is true. It's believing that the Lord is your helper and that he is with you. And if the Lord is your helper and if he is with you, then what do you have to be worried about? What do you have to be afraid of? Nothing. If God is for you, who can be against you? Worrying is believing that God might get it wrong. Faith is believing that a good, wise, loving, and powerful God is in control of every detail of your life. Faith is believing that your life may not go as you wish, but it will go as God wills. And believing God's will for your life is far better than your will for your life. So friends, this is the cure for worry. It is faith. Faith in a God who has proven that he loves you by giving his son for you and who has promised that all will be well in your life at the end. So what, what's the takeaway for today? If you're here today or if you're watching online and you are not a Christian and if you struggle with worry, I have a word for you. I want to invite you to trust God. You see, we all have to trust someone or something for our lives. And if you don't trust God to make your life work, that means you're ultimately trusting yourself to make your life work. And if you have to trust yourself to make your life work, let me tell you, you're going to have, to, you're going to have a lot to worry about. Because you're going to feel the need to be in control of your life. But deep down, we all know that we're not in control of anything. There's so much in our lives that we're not in control of. And if you feel that you have to be in control and you know that you're not, you're going to worry. The only way to not worry is to trust a God who is in control of everything. A God who is loving enough, a God who is wise enough, a God who is powerful enough that can actually run your life for you. And if you have a God that you can trust to be in control, then that releases you from the burden of trying to be in control yourself. And you can finally stop worrying as you trust God with your life. And today I want to tell you that the God of the Bible is a God that you can trust with your life. By believing in Jesus Christ, God will become your father and you will become a son or daughter. And then you can trust God as your father and he has promised to take care of you, to give you everything that you need and to bring you safely home to heaven once this life is through. And he has promised that everything that you're going through, even the hard and the painful things, will work together for your ultimate good. When you trust God like that, then you will finally experience freedom from worry, anxiety, and fear. When you have God as your father, when you can surrender your life to God and trust God with your life, you can sing, it is well with my soul, no matter what you're going through, because you know that God is up to something good in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we confess today that we are so prone to worry. We repent of dishonoring you with our worry and our anxiety by indirectly telling the world that you are not worthy of our trust. Father, would you forgive us for our worry 
And would you now give us faith to trust you, to take care of us, the way you take care of birds, the way you take care of your lilies, that you will take care of us because we are more precious than those to you. And that we might live our lives free from worry and anxiety as we trust you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.